Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, if talking is an art, then I must be Jackson Pollock because I'm all over the place. We talk to Rebecca Rowland, author of The Art of Talking with Children. Plus, Biz is ready for summer. Woo! Wow, wow, wow. This is a chicken. Hi, Biz. How are you? I'm all right. I hope you're doing great. (laughs) This is a chicken because it's, it's not really a genius or a fail or a rant. My child turned a year old today. It was her first birthday. Ah! I kept her alive a whole year. Woo-hoo. And it was great. She spent most of it sitters. <laughs> anyway, so she, backstory, when, when I had this child a year ago, they laid her on my chest and they covered her with a blanket and we laid there. And then they went to pull the blanket off of my chest a couple hours, an hour, I don't know, however long it was, post <laughs> days. They go to pull the blanket off, and this child has shat all oh, over no. my chest. Like, just so much poop all uh, over my chest. That was the day she was born. Fast forward uh, a year. I'm trying to nurse her to sleep. And she looks up at me with these big eyes, kind of sits up, and just exorcist-level <laughs> pukes everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, fills my bra, fills. Drenches oh. my shirt. In my hair, on my pants, on my hair. It just. Yep. Yep. So I guess next year she'll pee on me is the only thing I can figure. So I hope your day did not end in in someone else's um, goo. Mm. You're doing a great job. (laughs) And so am I. (laughs) Thanks. I gotta tell you. Any day that I don't end my day covered in someone else's goo is a thing that I've just said on a podcast. (laughs) It's a good day. First of all, you're doing an amazing job. Second of all, I smell birthday tradition. I smell a birthday tradition. In fact, I'm going to be disappointed if this doesn't become a family tradition in which on that child's birthday, They expel their waste, be it from any of the places one expels waste, on you. Because otherwise, how are you guys going to have luck for the rest of the year? That's really the larger question. Because clearly, this is not only tradition, but it also luck for luck. See? See? That's the spin on this. And you're doing an amazing job. Speaking of amazing jobs, it's time for thank yous. Today, I would like to say thank you to the artists. I know, we haven't really thanked the artists, but I was at an outdoor art festival the other weekend, 
And it was so nice. It was so nice to see what people had created during the pandemic. It was nice to see them spreading their joy. It was nice to be able to maybe purchase some joy and take it home. And I just appreciate all the different ways that you sneak into our lives. Maybe maybe you do some art at your kid's school. Maybe you go and volunteer to teach art. Maybe you do community building projects with art. Or maybe you're just putting awesome things into the world. And I value that and I appreciate that. And I see you because sometimes making art while having kids in your house can be really hard. So thank you. Thank you. Speaking of having children in your house being hard, summer's almost here. School is almost out. School's almost out. And then it's going to be time for summer. Now, I already have done one thing pretty good for summer this year. I've already picked out and signed up for a couple of little camps for the kids. Usually I wait till the very last minute and that's not good. But this time I got ahead of the game and I was like, what does everybody want to do? And so everybody's in something that they like, but they're not like month long camps. They're short. And I think other than that, I think we're just going to have a pandemic summer. This is what I'm going to call it now. I think we're going to have a summer where we just don't too much because I kind of miss, especially now that we're at the end of the school year and everything has just gone nuts in terms of obligations and being out and about and driving it. I would like to go back to being very reclusive in my house for the summer. That first summer in the pandemic went by so fast and I don't know what that was about. But I'm, I'm going to kind of hope on that. That's what I'm, and my parents are here now. Surprise. Guess who's going to grandmama and grandpapa's apartment? It's the children. <laughs> because my parents love talking to our children. And my parents love listening to our children. Grandmama can sit there all day and listen to Ellis talk about something that grandmama has no idea about. And she will engage that child as if they are talking about like a shared high school reunion memory or something. It's amazing. It makes Ellis feel so heard and seen and it makes me so happy. And I think that ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with Rebecca Rowland and her new book, The Art of Talking with Children. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am very excited to be talking to Rebecca Rowland, who is the author of The Art of Talking with Children, which came out this year by Harper One. It's a combination memoir guidebook that is being translated into nine languages, making it much easier to talk. She's a speech pathologist and faculty at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Harvard Medical School. She has over a decade of experience in hospitals, clinics, 
and schools, including the Children's Hospital in Boston. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am very excited to have you here. Before we get into you know, talking, I would like to ask you who lives in your house. Ah, so good question. So I yeah. have, <laughs> sometimes you always wonder. Um, yeah. So I have, there is a, my five-year-old, oh. um, who's a five-year-old boy who is very active. So you'll uh-huh. hear him kicking soccer balls into the walls and, you know, doing lots <laughs> of active things. Very <laughs> um, nice. Yes. I have a 10-year-old girl as mm-hmm. well, who is into gymnastics, so you'll probably, you would hear her cartwheeling around and <laughs> trying her back handsprings. Falling um, into walls. <laughs> yeah, just like, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, yes, and there's my husband, Philippe, and um, we have many imaginary pets because oh. we don't have any pets, so. <gasps> okay, what are they? We have, well, we have lots of dogs. It's named, the one that's the best is named Maggie. Okay. She is the best golden retriever you will ever meet. Oh, um, I bet. Especially <laughs> she, invisible. She's invisible, but we already have named her. We already have like our whole image. We even saw some free dog supplies yeah. that were out on the street and oh. we almost got them. <laughs> oh, and I think you should take this yeah. imagination project as far as you can. Exactly. I, you know, start losing space in your apartment. And exactly. You're like, just like a real, just start pulling your yeah. hair out, throwing it around. That's the thing. So I'm like, well, we can maybe make room for a gerbil, but yeah, it's an imaginary dog. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, we do have, we have at least one, maybe more. Excellent. Yeah. That's kind of, I have never, you have officially said something we've never had said on the show before. So good job. You (laughs) did it. You You win. All right. First, I'm going to remind everybody that Rebecca wrote uh, the book, The Art of Talking with Children. And I already fear for Rebecca that she has probably had to hear so many talk jokes like are you talky talky jokes and talk yeah. and like, <laughs> talk about talking so should we just get those like out of the way it which one should good. i avoid yeah, yeah. the worst like which is the well, one that makes you like the most nuts yeah well i guess there's, there's the one where it's we say oh i'm supposed to talk to my kids oh, I, oh never that one <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, that's like, all right. No, don't yeah, worry. That's, that's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're never, we will not go with yeah. anybody who's listened to Wimbed and Mother knows we talk to kids. <laughs> exactly. So that is good. All right. I want to start with what led you to writing this particular book. You have one big competitor that's been around for a long time time how to talk to kids so they will listen I remember my dad gave that Mm -hmm. to me when I had my first kids and to be honest I don't think there's really been one since then Mm -mm. so (laughs) talk to me about what's changed why you're writing it definitely so I will say I love that book Um, and I also use it as a young parent (laughs) so it gave me sort of this really great foundation and a lot Mm -hmm. of what I do does start with that foundation so I was like oh, you know, give your kids respect and all this stuff, but it doesn't really go into sort of longer conversations. So what can you actually do to talk and build kids' imagination, their creativity? It's much more these specific scenarios, which are super helpful, but kind of when I became a mom, I'd say this is how I I started writing it, is I was studying language and conversations and speech and 
I became a mom and was sort of an anxious mom and was looking for all these books and like, well, yeah. what, what do I, you know, what, how can I learn about this? And I realized there were just tons and tons of like discipline books, of oh, yes. diaper books, of like what to buy books and just, and all the talk, whatever talk there was tended to be kind of in this negative three, two, one magic, you know, yeah. sort of like say these things or really like a recipe. If you say right. this, don't say that, say this instead, you know? <laughs> My favorite when yeah. I first had kids was don't say no. And yeah, I was exactly. like, how am I Find supposed to get through? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Exactly. It's ah! like, oh, try not to say I know, yeah. damn it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, like, I was so frustrated because I was yeah. like, oh, I know so much you know, from all my work about, like, what conversations can do, how much it can be, like, a joy and a pleasure and funny and, you know, all of this. But I wasn't finding that reflected in the books. Like, I was just right. finding, like, this big gap where I'm like, well... Yeah, I mean, I of course I don't want my kids to have a tantrum or I don't want them to, you know. Yeah, but. Whatever. But I also want other things too, you know, like, so no, how can there? You only get to have parenting books that help exactly. you prevent things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what to do in the middle of a tantrum. Like, that's right. You, and I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, sure, that's fine. But like, isn't there more to parenting? Like, I'm no. not a two-year-old forever. Yeah, hopefully. No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, ah. Oh. So I really was like, oh, they're. This for me, that's why it's sort of a memoir, because it really talks about like my journey of yeah. figuring this out and then drawing on research and things, but just really wanting to know for myself and for the people around me, like, what else can we do here? What are some strategies? So that's that's how it started. That's amazing. We, we are a talking family. We talk to all the animals in our house <laughs> at great length. And so when children got into our house, that was very easy. Mm-hmm. It never struck me as something that might be difficult, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the lens through which I have walked through the world. And then I've learned that there clearly it is hard. I mean, it, it can be hard. Sure. And I guess my first question is, given you know your work, what have you found to be one of the hardest obstacles for parents? I mean, is it when kids are really young? Is it when they're teens? Is it like... Is it yeah. all a mess? Right. No, I mean, <laughs> good question. I mean, I do think it totally, it does vary so much. But what I think is interesting about those things is it feels like whenever you're in one stage, yeah. there's always a particular challenge and people are sort of hung up on that challenge and that stage. Like, oh, I yeah. have teenagers and like, they're not talking to me or I have toddlers and they just scream when they wake up. Right. Or, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, like whatever phase people are in, that yeah. seems like there is that particular type of challenge. So yeah, I wouldn't say there's like a hardest one, but uh, I think what, I, what I've noticed to be a really big obstacle, which I face myself, is just how much we think we're sitting and listening and we're not really. Oh. So, so we actually like... You think you're following what your child is saying, but you're actually like, you have somewhere else you're trying to go. In the end, the child is like, wait, you didn't even hear that thing that I, you know, I was trying to get at. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah, I did, but you really didn't, you know. Wait so, a second. <laughs> Are you telling me that listening is part of talking? Yeah, yeah. Hey, this exactly, interview, exactly. this interview is over. It's oh, over. Well. Oh, I well. I should hang up now. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I feel like I have found so far these sort of different levels of like talks, as it were, right? There's like the checking in talk, right? They're like, how mm-hmm. was school? Right, right. Whether you're doing that at pickup or you're doing it at the table or in the morning, sort of 
of that world. And then there's the like deeper check-in, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a little, what's going on with your friends? I never right. say what's going on with your friends. That's sure. leading. But like, you know what I mean? Start yeah, your conversation yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, to get exactly. to the like, uh-huh. to get that like sort of foundational, like we can talk about totally. things. And mm-hmm. then there are the big guys, the big ones, <laughs> the like sex talks and mm-hmm. the talks about equity and justice and talks about sexism and like uh, uh, right all of these things and of course there's just the general don't be a jerk right you know talk is that what you're saying like what are the approaches to these different levels or is it the same approach every time no I mean I I definitely do think there are different levels and I think part of what can be challenging, but I think is also an opportunity is to realize like what each level is. So many parents have come to me and they're like, I asked my kid, you know, at drop off or pick up or whatever, like, how was your day? Or what are you going to do today? They're just like, uh, nothing. Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, and they're like, but why can't I get them to have a deeper conversation? I'm like, you really can't at that point. Like, that's like, it is a check in. <laughs> like, that is, that's fine. Let it be, you know? And so I kind of feel like there's so much angst and anxiety that there we is. add on about like, it should be better. Why can't I make it better? Well, yeah, <laughs> we're always looking for a new way to feel like shit for exactly. being a parent. And so I somehow have kids that will answer that question. What <laughs> happens? Nice. Uh-huh. It is nice. It is yeah. well, I've taught them to really be into gossip. Anyway. Oh, oh, nice. no, no, oh well, no. that's one way. And I would have a friend say, mine just says <gasps> and then like <laughs> storms out of the car. Exactly. And hey, no one's asking me for advice. So I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. But I also am smart enough to know there isn't because you're telling us that no, that's it. That's the right. best you're gonna get in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like my my ten year old, she she comes home and it's so funny because like in the car she said basically nothing. She gets home and she's like peanut butter, peanut butter, and I'm like peanut butter, really? And I just realized she's like she's basically like so done with the day. Like yeah. she wants her food. She wants her right. You know, like just like <laughs> ah. And so I feel like yeah. But then at the end of the day, she's yeah. like. It's nine o'clock and we're still not in bed because there's like, and then blah, 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 told me blah, blah, You know what? That's true. That's actually happening here. But you're right. Hey, let's talk about some of that. One, when they get home, they are done. When they get picked up, they are. I don't think we sometimes remember or realize or respect how much they are putting out there in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And my sister, my mother always tells the story of my sister Mama would pick her up from like preschool or kindergarten. I can't remember. And the moment Helen Michelle would get in the car, she would just start screaming at the top of her lungs. And Mama was just like, "All right, yeah, that makes sense. That it seems like that's. I I don't blame her. I guess that makes sense. But at the end of the day, especially like I found with my oldest, Raiden, like who's twelve. Yeah, the end of the day debrief. And I got to tell you, my fail at that time of day is saying, treating it like they're trying to get out of going to bed. Uh, <laughs> and that's like a trap that I fall in. Yeah. And yeah. I have to be like more mindful of that because I am so tired at that <laughs> point in time. Yeah. yeah. Is there oh, is there like a scientific... Yeah, <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, I, is there I, like I, a... I, is there science behind that? Is that like a... Yeah. So there actually is. Like there's this sense that if kids are really getting their needs met in terms of conversation, like if they really feel like they're being heard, yeah. they actually... It actually can cut down on a lot of the like anxious talking and a lot of yeah. more questions, the disconnections. You actually might have less you know, feeling like you're disconnected if you do 
have those moments where you're like, oh, I'm really getting what this child wants to tell me. And even like the being done thing, it is true yeah. that for a lot of kids, especially who are not extremely extroverted, there's so much stimulation happening all day. You know, yeah. they're always, and they're trying, especially if you're 10 or 12, like they're trying to manage like friendship dynamics and changing about like, what is this click doing? And do they like me? And yeah. there's so much that's going on mentally that, yeah, it's just, there's just cognitively, it's like they need just this downtime. So I think it can be so hard because we want to poke and be like, oh, but let me just ask you these things. But they're not yeah. almost able to do that at that point. Well, so, it's okay. Yeah. That's why yeah, yeah. we learn where they hide their diaries. Exactly. And then yeah, exactly. we just <laughs> invade their privacy <laughs> when they're like, not yeah, here. That's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Now I know. One, I know two, all. three. Done. Exactly. <laughs> so I kind of want to talk about when kids don't listen. Because, I mean, part of talking is also engaging in needing them to hear something. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even the statement, what about kids who don't listen, is like already kind of making a huge sweeping <laughs> assumption about your child being a jerk. So yeah, yeah. help me with that language. And are there ways to foster engagement? What? should my timeline expectation be like if i if i start it right now will i get the reward immediately (laughs) and then how much is it my fault that they're not engaging and i'm asking that as a serious question because again like i said we're always looking for like the next reason that we have somehow messed up so those are your three all-in-one questions yeah, so those are great questions. And uh, I will say in my in my book, I lay out like a yeah. different strategy. So I have like three E's that I talk about in terms of like language strategies you can use to help okay. kids with these parts. So I can maybe I can start there. Yes, I would helpful. love to yes, share yeah. those, share those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the first is just expanding. So whatever your child is saying, you can think about, and this is for any age, really, mm-hmm. like as long as they're able to say something, you know, you can expand on what they're saying. So if a child's like, green truck, you can be like, oh, that is a green truck. What do you like best about it? Like you're trying to get at yeah. kind of where they are, what's their mindset. And sometimes going back to the listening question, that can actually help because sometimes you don't know why kids, quote unquote, aren't listening. Like right. maybe they don't want to do what you want, but maybe they also <laughs> didn't quite get it or they didn't quite get why it's important or whatever, yeah. or maybe it's whatever, or maybe their mind's on something else. So like that expanding part really helps to see like, well, where is my child? Not just like in this month, you know, where are they thinking, <laughs> but like in this exact moment, like what yeah. is going on with them? And the second E is exploring. So that's mm. like just going beyond what's here and now and thinking about things like the past, the future, what would happen if we did this? What would happen if we did that? And for the listening thing too, I think that can help because it's saying, well, let's brainstorm. Like, I want this thing to happen, you know, mm-hmm. but maybe um, you need this thing to happen, whatever, but maybe it doesn't have to happen this one way. Like, what are other ways we could get to the same thing? Like, uh, you know, um, yeah. so you want, I want the room clean. The room has to be clean by tomorrow. Does it have <laughs> to be clean right now? Or could it be cleaned after 30 minutes or something else? Like, so there's this exploration of like, well, we need this thing to happen, but what are all the different pathways that can yeah. get us there? And that can give kids like a real sense of like, well, I have some empowerment here. I have some choice. I don't have to just do like, do what I say now. Right. And they feel kind of put in a corner. Well, the corner's the only space <laughs> the left that's clean <laughs> exactly. in the room. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except for my invisible dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. But, that is a problem. Uh, other, other than that, yeah. 
Yeah, the last E is just evaluating. So that's just the mm. sense of like taking that check-in time, but more about like, well, how did that go? Like not realizing we can always do things again. We can always try again. This is all practice. This is not like a, you know, one-time conversation and kind of like letting yourself have compassion too for yourself and realizing like, well, maybe I didn't say exactly what I meant, but maybe you didn't say exactly what you meant either. Or maybe you didn't quite listen when I really was very specific, you know, so you can kind of do that on both sides. And that can help you as a parent be like open and kind of a bit vulnerable, but also help your child see like, well, yeah, let's evaluate that. Yeah, you probably in that moment weren't reacting (laughs) the way you could have. And let's think about why that was, you know, and sometimes it can be as simple as like, yeah, the the child is like super hungry. And so they didn't want to do what you wanted them to do, or they're just too tired to do it. Sometimes my son who's five, like he knows he has to clean up toys before bed and he's like pretty okay usually except if we let him go to bed too late and then he just right. like lies on the floor and it's like uh, oh I can't I can't uh, you know? and I, <laughs> I realized like somehow that is it's not totally my fault but like I set it up so that like well, yeah, well, yeah, now yeah it's yeah. 8 30 and now he's like super exhausted and like any toy it's like too far away oh, and, you know possible <laughs> I can't I can't so yeah okay given your work uh in speech pathology as well as in all the various medical settings that you've worked in we also know that not every kid is wired uh the same Mm -hmm. a lot of in fact we're all wired a little differently (laughs) and i'm assuming not every approach always works the same way like there's nothing more frustrating than being a parent and like getting the book a book of some kind and being like Mm -hmm. are you serious (laughs) my child like I tried this and this was like you Mm -hmm. are uh, this is impossible yeah my kids never played with crayons Mm -hmm. either one of them either one and I remember thinking crayons are some sort of myth like why (laughs) why are people selling why do people keep giving us crayons no one likes crayons in this house Uh, they want sharpies from the beginning anyway how can parents adjust and adapt the things that you are talking about yeah I mean it's so funny that you say that because um in the book I actually talk about what I call the ABCs of rich talk and the A's oh yeah, is, rich yeah, talk. We got to talk about exactly. rich talk. What's rich talk? Yeah. What so is I rich made up talk? This term. Yeah. Yes. So, so basically, I made up this term, rich talk, which is based on what people say in speech pathology, like rich language environment. You know, yeah. these kind of thing. So the first is actually being adaptive. So A stands for ah. adaptive. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that you said that because I was like, oh wow, that's that's exactly that's what I'm talking exactly about. Exactly what I wrote yeah. the book. Yeah. There is. You go. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually funny because that's why I think. You know, a lot of books I was frustrated because I was like, well, I said that and it didn't work. Or like, I tried that, but this doesn't make sense for my child. And I've Mm -hmm. worked with so many kids who have so many different kinds of learning issues and or just who are learn differently, you know, think differently that, yeah, it felt to me just a little too prescriptive or scripted to say like, we'll do this for this child and they will respond like this. I'm like, well, we're not robots. Like, even if you aren't diagnosed with any kind of thing, like you're, (laughs) you're still going to be yourself. Like it just doesn't make sense. So yeah. So that's why I think like, it is so important. Like the first principle is to really try to adapt, not just with the child, but with the child and you. So there's a ton of research saying like, it's so much about like the fit between you and a child more than it is just about the child. So thinking about like, your dynamic. How is that working? So yeah, so I think that's one key thing. And the B is just a back and forth. So 
rather than like the talking at, which we talked yeah. about, like the talking with. So actually like you really are listening and trying to teach them yeah. how can you really listen? You know, so it does go both ways and that kind of like respect thing. Like how does respect actually look? It's more like about what well, we're actually listening to each other rather than, you know, <laughs> talking past each other. <laughs> um, so yeah, and the C is just child driven. So actually starting with when a child, you know, is interested in or worried about or something like that. But I think the biggest thing is just that adaptive piece to actually realize like, well, yeah, every kid is different. Every family or classroom, whatever is different. And it's just so not helpful sometimes to say like, well, it has to work this way because you'll find yourself getting angry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Very quickly. You'll get very angry very quickly. All right. Well, let's let's kind of wrap up on the harder discussions, like how to have rich talk around things that you as the speaker, as the person who's, I over talk a thing to death to the point where I'm like, I, why am I telling my five-year-old about Nazis? You know, like, I, this is, how did this conversation get all the way sure. to this? I know, I know this the quickly. This fast. Yeah, it goes fast. And I'm like, they tuned out Mm-hmm. Like after bad guys. But if if yeah. we are not prone to talking and having conversations, how do we get better at that? Yeah. So I would say, and one, one thing I think that's kind of counterintuitive, but you can just kind of relax to start Never. out with. Like, Never. Yeah, like you can. <laughs> like it's possible. Because <laughs> I think uh, we often come to those conversations like, so wound up feeling like, oh, it has to, we have to say like these things that we have to get this across. But yeah, but actually like it can be so much more meaningful for kids if we start with, well, where are they thinking? Like what is their mindset about this topic? So actually just kind of checking in, like testing the waters with like, when you hear bad guys, like what does that bring up for you? Like, who do you know that's like a bad guy, you know? And like, are they just on cartoons? Are there bad guys in real life? Like, No, it's little Timmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Who is their sworn nemesis. Yeah, exactly. Kindergarten. That's it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because I I feel like sometimes, I mean, having worked with so many kids over the years, it can be so funny when you're like, I was saying all these things, but this child like didn't even get it because they thought, dinosaurs are still alive so they didn't even get like extinct like they didn't know what you know so love it oh wait no no you so so like let's just start over so i started over so many times (laughs) (laughs) and now i'm like wait rather than start over why don't we start with like actually just get a sense of where is this child in terms of their understanding of things so yeah so then you can kind of go from there well i can correct that we can go further on that we can not talk about that because that's not really your age, but yeah. yeah. So all of that, like you can kind of like gauge starting just with that sort of checking in conversation. Yeah. Oh, asking questions and listening. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. I'm right. Do you mean like how I'm supposed to treat yeah. people, people too, yeah, exactly. like older people? That's what's so funny. It's like so many people have been like, we even kind of use this book for adults, right? I'm like, you're like yeah. Yeah, maybe. You, kind of could. you could. Why don't we try <laughs> totally it? Totally true. Was there anything that surprised you when you were working on the book, when you were writing? Was there anything you were like, Wow. Yeah, so I, w- I would say, what's funny, I know it's sort of a time-limited time thing, time straight, but, like, I started the book, actually, and I proposed the book before the pandemic. Oh. And, oh! Yeah. Oh! No one knows how to talk to yeah. each other anymore. So I was like, um, 
and actually, and I had my office, like I oh, had wow. cafes, like I was even just like in terms of writing, like I was yeah. like, oh, quiet. I have peace and quiet. I'm going to think about talk and think about my <laughs> home and, you know, and then like by the end, I was like, I was on my, we have an oh apartment, God. so we have like a shared yeah. roof deck. So I was on my roof deck trying to write when like one person was coming in trying to cook their eggs. One person was coming in because they had a gardening thing. And my yeah. child was like running up and down the hall. We were doing <laughs> multiplication. And I'm like, okay, so. <laughs> nobody talk. Ever. Yeah, nobody. I need silence. <laughs> silence, please. <laughs> so it was a really, I was with my kids like all the time. Yeah. We had no school. We had no nanny. We had no, you know, no babysitter. Yeah, nothing. No, yeah. Whatever, nothing. So yeah, it was like, oh, now I really had to think about like, what is actually feasible here? Like, yeah. that was a, hum- a lesson in humility. <laughs> Actually, I yeah. love that that wound up being the situation. And I, but I think, I think that points out the importance of the book because, really, I and not in a jokey way. It's beneficial not only to how we speak and engage with children, but how we engage and speak with each other. Since we are coming out of a time where speaking with others has frighteningly not been the norm. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. 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 I do feel like it's become so critical just because so many people, it's like almost like we've forgotten how to talk yeah. to each other or to yeah, kids. We you know, we're just like, in terms of having like a fresh lens on like how to talk to kids, if you've been like around them so long, that now right? you're like, I'm in a rut or I'm like exhausted or burnt out. Or, yeah. I don't you know, want um, to hear. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want I to talk to you. Yeah, I cannot talk to you anymore. Yeah, no <laughs> and that's just the right yeah. note to end this on. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me. And and thank you for writing this book. We'll make sure everybody knows where to get books, but we'll link you up specifically to make life easier, as well as other places that you can follow Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. <laughs> this is so very funny, too. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm glad. And I appreciate you letting us know all of the not to, not talking jokes not to make. So. Exactly. <laughs> all right, well, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day, too. All Thanks. One Bad Mother is supported in part by BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Unless you have kids in your house, in which you probably really know it. (laughs) BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It can be much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Look, having kids in your house, the pandemic, any number of things uh, can lead to needing some support. One Bad Mother listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash badmother. That's betterhelp.com slash badmother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove. Ooh, did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled no matter how much we put in the recycling bin? At Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics. 
That is something I am constantly striving to do, but I hate going online and falling into a rabbit hole. I, I get so overwhelmed. And that's the wonderful thing about Grove. They've done all the research for you. I have three refillable glass bottles. I have one for my Groves Co. Concentrated Cleaners with the multi-purpose cleaner in lavender. I have a bathroom cleaner in lavender. <laughs> and I have a window cleaner in lemongrass. Go to grove.com slash badmother today to get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus, shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash badmother. Grove.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius, Mimi. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. I'm actually going to give this genius to Stefan. Okay? So here we go. Ellis has a very limited repertoire of things that they eat. Very limited. Not due to allergies, just due to taste. And a million years ago, that child ate carrots. And then they stopped eating carrots. And then they just, they wouldn't eat carrots anymore. They wouldn't eat carrots because he'd heard that biting a carrot is as easy as biting off a finger. So I, I guess they thought if they bit the carrot, they might accidentally bite their finger off. And I, like... See, this is that. Let's go think back to what we just talked about with Rebecca. Sometimes we should explore something a little more. Anywho, Stefan recently just told Ellis that eating carrots was not like eating fingers. And that did it. And then Ellis ate carrots. <laughs> and now we have six things Ellis will eat. <laughs> Good job, Stefan. Hey, Biz. I have a genius. Well, my life is sort of very difficult right now, just like everyone else's, I'm sure. And I have recognized the need that I have burnt myself to a crisp and it's this vacation to help me function in my life. I also <laughs> recognize that I am a horrible people pleaser and want to be, quote unquote, the good one. Which means when I go to my doctor and she says, how are you doing? I will not break down in tears and tell her that I need help. I will probably just smile and say, oh, I'm doing okay, which will not help anyone. So my genius is, and I emailed her a week in advance, and I said, hey, I am having a hard time, and I need to talk to you about medicine, and I am not going to bring it up at my appointment because I just won't, so I need you to bring it up to me and think that she is. She emailed me back and said, absolutely, let's discuss this. I can't wait to get you feeling better. So my genius is I recognize that I need help. I recognize how I'm self-sabotage that, and I took steps <laughs> to prevent it. So I'm doing a good job. You're doing a good job. That's all. Bye. You are a genius, and you should write a book, and the book should just be that. I, I think I know who I am, so I, I told somebody in advance. This is so smart, and I really like that you used the phrase, 
the good one. <laughs> I'm not the one that's going to cause any trouble here with my medical problems that need attention. I know exactly who you are because I am of that ilk. I am so inspired. I think you've done such a good job. And what a nice response from your doctor. I am totally crying. Guys, mental health, yours. It's important. Let somebody help you maybe feel a little better. It's okay. It is totally normal. You are doing an amazing job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Okay. Anybody who participated by supporting or watching any of the things that happened during the Max Fun Drive, I really disappointed myself in the sense of losing touch with my boppet skills. I used to could bop it all day. And I guess just like a banjo, when you don't touch your boppet enough, your performance really, really goes down. So I will have to really train next year for better boppeting. That said, I still appreciate the support you have given to One Bad Mother. And next year, I will bop it to start. Hey, Biz. This is a definite fail. It's a classic fail. <laughs> My three-year-old was super kid this week at daycare. And super kid means you get to stand on the stage at chapel when you sing songs. And it means that you bring a snack for the rest of the class. And we forgot the snack. We just didn't bring any snacks. So that's cool. I don't know if you heard her say, who are you talking to? I'm talking to Biz. Okay. Anyway, um, I love you. I love the show. Biz, you're doing such a good job. I'm doing a good job, even though I totally failed at snacks this week. And yeah, bye. Oh, I love you too. You are doing such a good job. This is awesome. This is such a great fail. Oh, I love it. I shouldn't love it, but I do love it. I love it so much. This is like, I, I just feel like everybody, it's just like I think everybody should wait tables. Once in their life, I feel like everybody should like fail miserably at remembering to bring a snack for something like a soccer game, uh, your kid's very special day, graduation, a wedding, whatever it is, because it's so, it's so normal. And yet we think it's not. And I'm so pleased to hear how you just accepted that. Is that what we're learning, everybody? Are we somehow figuring out how to accept that these aren't really failures? I don't know. I don't know. Again, like I said, the day's not over. But you, you're doing a, a horrible job. Every other parent there probably is talking about you and saying that you're a horrible person because you didn't bring snacks on your child's super kid day. I'm very sorry. You're doing a horrible job. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, 
a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about uh, this. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. All right, everyone, it is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. This is a rant. I just got back from an ultrasound to check the placement of my IUD, and somehow I completely missed the memo that they needed to do the, you know, special probe transvaginal version of the ultrasound. And then to top it off, when I asked to see a picture, because I was kind of curious, you know, what it all looked like as one is, <laughs> the tech told me... She's not really supposed to show me that, even though apparently it's just normal that you're going to look at the pictures when you get an ultrasound during a pregnancy. (laughs) It was just kind of a lot, and I needed to get that out of my system. So now I'm going to eat my chocolate, and thank you so much for this hotline. You're doing a great job, and so am I. Thanks. You are doing a really good job. Two things. Let's just let's just start with the ridiculous thing. This is again the idea that you can't see your vaginal ultrasound just because there's not a baby in it. That is telling. Because I think about all the different exams that I have had where I've been squeezed and poked and sounded, and they don't show you. They don't show you. And I'm like, why can't I see it? Now I'm sure for medical reasons, probably maybe not all of us should see. maybe some of us might grow very anxious about something we see that the technician cannot actually diagnose. That's fine. But when there's a baby, they can be like, God, it's a baby. We all know that, right? (laughs) But anything else, I would be like, is the IUD where it's supposed to be right now? Is it waving at me? Like, there's a lot of things. But after rationally saying, I am sure there are rational reasons for not allowing us to see our uteruses unless there's a baby in it does make me in a less rational mindset assume that that's fucking bullshit. (laughs) Baby uterus value. No baby uterus no value. Nothing to see here everybody. Let's just move along. Anyway, 
That is an interesting thing. I would also like to acknowledge how discombobulating it can be to suddenly go in for anything related to your body, assuming it will be one test and then discovering it's going to be something much more invasive. And for many of us, any invasive procedure can bring up a lot of feelings and surprise, it's not that much fun to have them done. (laughs) It's not. And so that can really be a lot that just makes you want to go crawl back into bed and hide under the covers for the rest of the day. I am so glad you're taking care of yourself by giving yourself a little treat with some chocolate. And thanks for calling it in. And that makes total sense that you feel overdone by that experience. And you're doing a remarkable job. Everybody, you're all doing a remarkable job. I mean it. Is that where we're headed? Is this like where we're headed that we're all getting so good at this that we no longer take some of the slips and fails that seriously? I don't know. I'm not going to speak for all of us because I certainly still have fails that definitely make me feel worse than others. But I like the idea that any of the more stereotypical public shaming moments that we have as parents from bringing the store-bought food or dropping something really important or forgetting our children's clothes for a camp out or whatever it is, that those are becoming less cloaked in judgment and guilt and are more just like, yeah, no, you absolutely forgot that. Of course, here, I have some more. Ta-da! You can have mine. That's exciting. That would be exciting. I would really like that. So remember that you're all doing a great job. You're actually all getting really good at this. And I will talk to you next week. Bye! I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.